Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints are back at practice today as they start full preparations for our home opener against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Coming up in today's episode, I'll preview that matchup with your view host, Mike Neighbors. Both the Saints and Bucks come into this game 1-0 to start the season, the Saints scoring 17 unanswered points in the fourth quarter for that 27-26 win over Atlanta. And the Bucks, they defeated the Cowboys in 19-3 on Sunday night. It's really early in the season, however, this Sunday's game could prove to be an important NFC South showdown. The Saints spent Monday reviewing their play against the Falcons. Coach Dennis Allen said he addressed the Saints' slow start with the team. Yeah, we got a chance to get, get in here and look at the tape. Um, there's a ton of stuff that needs to be corrected. Um, but I would say this, I would say um, it's been my experience over the last Oh, however many years that um, <clears throat> you get into these games like this and the good teams are able to win these games uh, when they're not playing at their best. And, and uh, look, I credit, you know, Atlanta. I thought they had a really good plan. I thought they played hard. Um, you know, they made some things really difficult and challenging for us. Um, but at the end of the day, we made enough plays to win the game. So it's proud of the way that our guys, like I said, after the game, proud of the way that they fought and competed. But we also know that there's a lot of stuff that we got to clean up. And the 201 yards rushing that the Falcons had? Well, look, the first step, we met on it today. Um, and and uh, it's unacceptable. Um, that's not been the standard that we've had around here, and it won't be the standard that we'll have around here. I thought, um, you know, I said this after the game, I don't think I was as good as I needed to be um, in helping our guys out. Um, I do think that, you know, um, there's a little bit of an element of surprise in terms of exactly what are they going to do, um, you know, with a new quarterback. Um, so there was a lot of things that we had to try to adjust to in terms of that, um, you know. And 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 look, they blocked us, and I told our guys that today. They blocked us, and so um, you know, we 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 have to we have to coach better in that area, and we got to we got to play better. Mike and I will get into that a little bit more later, and we'll also talk more on this next topic. It's an interesting storyline heading into this game. Quarterback Jameis Winston facing not only his old team, but being back at the Dome for the first time playing the same team that he got injured against last season. It was in week eight last year when Winston tore his left ACL MCL. That had him out for the season. New Orleans went on to win that game 36-27. The Saints have won seven straight regular season games against the Bucks. most recently the 9-0 shutout at Tampa Bay. That was last season under now head coach Dennis Allen, who had to step in for then head coach Sean Payton due to COVID. The win streak includes four games against Tom Brady. That is the longest regular season winning streak by an NFL team against Brady as a starting quarterback. Prior to the Saints' current streak, Brady had only lost three consecutive games to a single opponent on one occasion. That was to the Broncos over the span of 2005 to 2009. 
New Orleans just seems to have his number. The Saints defense did not have a single sack against Atlanta. However, we're hoping that's not the case this upcoming weekend. Defensive end Cameron Jordan had two sacks and a forced fumble in the last meeting with the Bucs. He aims for his third straight game against the Bucs with a sack. Saints safety Tyron Matthew has also had success against the Bucs. He tallied an interception the last time he saw Tampa Bay. A win Sunday will put the Saints at 2-0 to start the season for the first time since 2013. The team went 11-5 that season, losing in the divisional playoffs at Seattle. This team, well, they have higher aspirations. The first injury report ahead of Sunday's game will come out Wednesday at 3 o'clock. You can check that out on NewOrleansSaints.com. So far this week, the team has made a few transactions, signing former Saints running back Latavius Murray and defensive back Trey Swilling to the practice squad. To make room, they terminated the practice squad contract of wide receiver Dejon Dixon. Now for my conversation with Mike Neighbors. Mike, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. Always a pleasure to have you on. You're right there with the team during all the games, home, away. Are we recovered from Atlanta? How are you? (laughs) I think this is going to be great for the football team. Really good for Dennis Allen. As a coach, you want your team to be happy after a win, but you also want them to know what they have to do better. And after they played that poorly for three quarters, this football team knows they have to step it up. So to get a win and to get that motivational feeling from a football team, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it's just an amazing win, especially over your arch rival uh, in the first game of the year. Uh, and to me, it was a game of redemption in so many ways at every phase. I mean, Jameis Winston wasn't protected, didn't have a good first three quarters, gets redemption in the fourth quarter, the same for the defense, and then Will Lutz, you know, misses the field goal early, then kicks the game winner. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better way to start the season in a lot of ways. Yeah, all three phases of the game really came together those last 11 minutes or so to, you know, when it mattered to come out with the win. So definitely good to see from the first game, first week, what do you take away as a, you know a strength, something you liked that you saw, and then something that you'd like to see get better? Well, I'll start with get better. They got to protect Jameis Winston better. I mean, of course, he could have gotten rid of the football faster in some spots, but you got to protect Jameis Winston. Uh, and I know there have been injuries and and new players in the offensive line, but that's part of the first game too. I mean, you see it around the league. Um, you know, in Cincinnati, Joe Burrow wasn't protected. He has all these new shiny toys on the offensive line that they brought in for him. So I think that chemistry takes a while because it's a different preseason now, Aaron. I mean, not as many games. The starters don't play mm-hmm. as much. But one thing I did like, and I was really interested to see in this game, and I didn't think we'd see it for a while in Atlanta, was all the Saints' new shiny toys, especially at the wide receiver <laughs> position. I mean, from Jarvis Landry stepping up, Michael Thomas having a huge fourth quarter, and Alave obviously in there with a the two-point conversion and some big plays. If they can carry that over with, oh, by the way, Alvin Kamara in the backfield and Taysom Hill doing his thing, I really like that moving forward. And we thought we'd see that in this first game. It took a while, but we finally saw it. We saw some flair from just about everybody on the offensive side. You know, Taysom gave him that spark early in the game when you really needed something positive to put your finger on. And then, yeah, late in the game, everybody really came together. It's been interesting around here talking to players, the team, coach, you know, they all believed in themselves. They never thought at one point that they were going to lose that game. Why do you think they have such belief in this group and what they can achieve this year? 
I think part of it's continuity. I mean, I talk about the new players, but Michael Thomas isn't new. I mean, Jarvis Landry's a veteran. Alave's new, but Dennis Allen's been in that building a long time, and the bulk of that defense has been in the building a long time. And so, you know, take away the receivers, the offense has two. And Jameis Winston, you know, it's his third season, so he is used to his teammates. And I thought Dennis Allen summed it up perfectly after the game. This is a tough football team. And when you're tough, you're not going to give up despite everything that happened in those first three quarters. So the fact that they have continuity, you, know, you change coaches, but that new coach isn't coming from another part of the country or another team. Mm-hmm. He's been in that building. So I think having that trust and having that toughness is going to bode well for the Saints moving forward. And quarterback Marcus Mariota presents different challenges for a defense a challenge that we're not going to see next weekend or this upcoming weekend against Tampa Bay. Tom Brady is, is not somebody that's known to break one down the field like Mariota does. The Saints have done very well against the Bucks. Do you think that that's a trend that's going to continue? Is it just this weird thing that the Saints always play the Bucks well, or is there a reason to it? I think when you get to this level in athletics, everybody's pretty equal for the most part. Of course, you have your elite athletes, the difference is here. And I think that Buccaneer defense knows that, uh, that they can beat Tom Brady and they can beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, Sean Payton said it as a member of the media this week, and he's exactly right. When you think you can beat a team that's as talented as the Bucs and Tom Brady, that's a huge advantage. Now, the Buccaneers have a lot of talent, but I think it's equal talent. And I would say I think the Saints have more depth than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially in segments like the offensive line and parts of the defense too. But I think when you believe – that is a powerful thing in professional sports. And they believe they can beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Aaron. And that's going to be huge for this football team on Sunday. Yeah, the Saints have won seven straight games in the regular season in that series against Tampa, including the last three here in New Orleans. The game is here at the Superdome on Sunday. However, the Bucs, they still won the division last year, even though the Saints swept them. Does that add any fuel to the, the team heading into this game? Yeah, I don't know how much that adds, but I think it really shows uh, what a great job the Saints did with all the injuries and all the quarterbacks and all the moving parts a year ago. They still almost made the playoffs. Boy, they were a Rams win, as everybody knows, to to making the playoffs. It's amazing to me. I look at it the other way. With all the adversity they had, having to evacuate, having to have training camp portions of it in Texas – and then, you know, having the game against the Dolphins where you had no chance in that game with all the, the COVID outbreaks. I look at it that way, that it really, to me, was hard for them to make the playoffs, let alone win the division. I think what's going to help them knowing that they beat the Bucks twice. Mm-hmm. And the last time they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Superdome, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That shows you how long it's been. It's crazy. And yeah, in the past couple of times, it's been with Tom Brady and it's not been a problem at all. Right. It, when you heard that he was coming back, how surprised were you? I wasn't shocked. I was surprised. Uh, the way he the, he and the Bucks ended the season last year against the LA Rams, boy, the comeback, you thought they would win. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the defensive breakdown helped the Rams win that game. And the Bucks' former kicker, Matt Gay, kicks the game-winning field goal against them. I just felt like, you know, Tom Brady, the numbers he put up last year, I mean, an elite quarterback. It's one thing to step down if you're hurt, like Drew Brees, or your skills have diminished. But Tom Brady's skills have not diminished. He's still one of the best in the league. And you could make an argument last year he was the best quarterback in the NFL, should have been an MVP. And the competitor that he is, how do you walk away from that? 
So I wasn't uh, shocked, but I was a little bit surprised. I know when Matt Ryan left uh, Atlanta and that whole thing went down, Cam Jordan was upset here on this side because that was one of his favorite targets as far as sacks go. A lot of teams would be upset to see Tom Brady again, but for some reason it's been a very good matchup for the saints. Why do the saints have such success against him? Well, they put pressure on him, and that's how you beat Tom Brady. I mean, let's face it, the Saints defensive line uh, tried to do this for years, but they finally have Cam Jordan some help with Anya Mott in the middle and Davenport on the other side, and they have depth. I mean, we saw Shai Tuttle make some plays in Atlanta. So I really think it's a notch on their belt when they play Tom Brady. When you've won four of five, I mean, I think people around the country would be surprised with that number, Aaron. Mm -hmm. They have beaten Tom Brady as much as they have since he's been in Tampa because he won that Super Bowl and because they were so close to returning to that game a year ago. But they know full well here in Tampa, where I live, that the Saints are a pain in the neck. And it's a huge rivalry. We talk all the time about Atlanta. And Atlanta is still the biggest rival for the New Orleans Saints. But, boy, beating Tom Brady this many times and having this much success has piped up this rivalry quite a bit. Yeah, you mentioned it. You do live there in Tampa Bay. What is the feel heading into this game among Bucks fans? Respect. Respect for the Saints. They don't like the Saints, but they respect them. They respect what they've done to Tom Brady. I mean, think about it. Last year, uh, in row the last two meetings in Tampa, they've held the Bucks to three points with Tom Brady. They shut Tom Brady out last year. And really, I thought Bruce Arians and the Bucks. You know, probably just kicked that field goal to avoid the shutout the year before. So you don't see the Bucs losing that way, Aaron. But the Saints have caused all kinds of problems. And with it, Bucks fans have respect. And everybody in Tampa, you know, fears the Saints. They want to beat the Saints. They don't like the Saints, but they respect them and they fear them because of all the recent history. And we talked about quarterback Tom Brady. There's been a lot of injuries to that offensive line there. Godwin got hurt or a couple other injuries with the Bucks team in their game against the Cowboys. What should we be looking out for on that side with, with Tampa Bay on Sunday? I think the biggest loss for the Bucks was Rob Gronkowski. I mean, Gronk really solidified that offensive line in a lot of ways. An offensive line that I thought was pretty average before Tom Brady got there. Tom Brady gets rid of the ball very fast, and Gronk supplemented that offensive line with added protection and gave Tom Brady a safety valve in the red zone where they suffered against the Dallas Cowboys. They didn't play well in the red zone. Donovan Smith, the left tackle, now he's hurt. We'll see if he'll play mm-hmm. on Sunday, but throw that into the mix I just think it's trouble for Tom Brady and I think it's a great matchup for the New Orleans Saints who beat the Bucks when they had Gronk and when they had Ali Marpet when they had Ryan Jensen those three guys won't be in uniform and maybe Donovan Smith won't either I just think that's that's great news for the for the Saints and bad news for the Bucks. any matchups that you're looking at particular we don't get the CJ Gardner Johnson meme this year. Uh, You know, that was, that was fun after last season, but he no longer a saint. Um, Any matchups that you're really looking at? I think the good news for the bucks, Aaron is their young secondary who took a step back last year, played really well against the Dallas Cowboys. But here's the guy that I think saints uh, fans and especially the football team, obviously have to watch out for it's Devin white, the former LSU star. He took a step back last season too. He looked really good in that opener against Dallas. Looked like the Devin White we saw during the Super Bowl season. In that playoff run for the Bucs, 
he was arguably the best linebacker in the NFL. I mean, he played that way, but didn't play as well last year. But he was making plays all over the field against Dallas. They must contain Devin White somehow for the Saints offense to be effective. There's definitely a lot of uh, things that get fixed from week one to week two, right? They always say the biggest growth happens from the first time you all get on the field together to week two. What areas do you think both of these teams are going to be better in coming into this game? Well, I think the Saints offense will be better. I, I thought that whole game, if they can just have one play to kind of wake this offense up to kind of get the momentum going. And then, you know, when they put him, uh, Jameis and, and the offense in the hurry up, you saw the results there a little bit. I would like to uh, see how the offense does building off of that. I'd like to see them get Alvin Kamara a little bit more involved because you saw the receivers get involved in the fourth quarter. Alvin Kamara, he didn't make all the highlights we're used to seeing. Boy, if they can get him going and be that balance with the wide receivers in the passing game, that will be fun to watch. I think for the Bucs, uh, they just have to be better in the red zone. Uh, you know, they, they had their way against the Dallas Cowboys but a lot of field goals from Ryan Suckup. He actually missed one, too. They got to be better in the mm -hmm. red zone against the New Orleans Saints, especially on the road, to win this football game. Both teams in that regard kind of started slow. Obviously, yeah. the Saints being really unable to even get in to the red zone, but then the Bucks only getting three for so many trips. Um, it took them a while to finally get a touchdown there. It's always fun storylines to – lead into this matchup but the crazy thing is starting a season with three division opponents this at this point the bucks and, and the saints are the only team that are one and zero in the division as you know both the other teams lost uh the panthers and the falcons uh, how do you think like how important does that make this matchup this early in the season I like when they do it later because I think it means more because mm -hmm. you can always make up for it early in the season. But this is what, why the NFL is great because you just don't know. I mean, everybody here in Tampa was fearing the first four games of the season because they have the Chiefs as part of their first four. But Dallas doesn't look as good as everybody thought they were. And yeah. how many times do we say it when the schedule comes out, Aaron? Oh, my gosh, look at that game. And then a year ago, maybe the Bengals game would have been tougher because you didn't think the Bengals would be any good last year. But to me, the Cowboys opponent against the Bucs in week number one typifies to me why you don't get crazy with the schedule, especially trying to project everything. But I think for the Saints, I mean, let's face it, Atlanta and Carolina are both in somewhat rebuilding mode, even though they can't admit that. And I think the class of the NFC South are the Bucs and the Saints. So, boy, if the Saints can get a win against the Bucs, they'll have a lot of momentum going on the road against the Carolina Panthers. And the chance to go 3-0, and you ask my opinion. I mean, I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. You go 3-0 anyway, that's big. But you go 3-0 in the NFC South, giving your rivals a loss early. The Saints have a big opportunity here. And then you go from Carolina – you have to go to London and play the Vikings. The Vikings looked great in week one. So that's going to be a fun matchup to follow as well. Anything about this game that we haven't touched on that you're looking forward to? I just think the Jameis Winston dynamic going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This was of the course. game. Was, right. This, yeah. This, this is the game where he was injured a year ago, Aaron, right? Didn't get to complete it. Trevor Simeon came in, did a great job. Jameis Winston's done a great job of taking the high road with this rivalry and just talked about himself improving, his team improving, but he's a competitor. Come on. Jameis Winston wants to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I want to see how he does getting the chance, hopefully, to play an entire game and go in mano a mano with Tom Brady. So that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how Jameis can do against his old team mm -hmm. and build off that balance.
game. How much better have you seen Jameis Winston get, not only just on the field, but his leadership skills as a teammate, learning from Drew Brees, you know, since he's been with the Bucks. You know, we produced the Aaron segment for you guys. We run mm-hmm. errands with these players and we shot it with Jameis. Uh, shameless plug, Saints platforms. If you want to go to oh, YouTube, go. Please, by James all means. Aaron Saints, yes. But I really got to know Jameis in that shoot. We spent about an hour and a half together in a car. And I really feel Jameis Winston, the one word to describe him right now is grateful. He's grateful to have this second chance in New Orleans. He's grateful to have his health back, Aaron. Mm-hmm. And feeling that way just changes you as a football player. Ask Michael Thomas, you know, the way he played after being out for the better part of two seasons. So the fact that he's grateful and, and here's, here's the thing with Jameis too. Anybody, I covered him in Tampa and New Orleans. Anybody who's met Jameis Winston likes him. I mean, he's that kind of guy where all his teammates say he's popular in the locker room and works hard. Breeze said that when he was with Jameis Winston. So it's all there for Jameis. And we saw in that fourth quarter, his resume. He can make every throw. We saw almost all of them in that fourth quarter. So he has the talent. He has the team to win. And now he gets a chance against his former team. He won't say it this week, but you know, he can't, you know, he can't wait for this game. He said after the game that his heart rate never changed, that he was just even keel the whole game on Sunday against the Falcons. I don't believe it. I, don't I, I, I need to see the readings from you know, <laughs> the, the monitors that they wear because I don't know. I was not even for me. That's for, for sure. <laughs> He's the leader. He's got to project that, right? As head coach, you got to project that. I remember Breeze, you know, doing all the shows I did with him throughout the years. The the one area where I was really impressed with Breeze, and I'm a Tom Brady fan. I appreciate all he's done in the league. But the difference between Breeze and Brady, frankly, was that Drew was his best from a media standpoint after a loss because he he knew he was the leader of the football team. Tom Brady, when he loses, doesn't talk to the media for long, sometimes just walks off the field, doesn't shake hands. Breeze was at his best sometimes when they lost better than when he would break records because he'd be ticked off that he'd have two incomplete passes. (laughs) Jameis, I think, has learned from Drew and knows he's the leader and knows he can't get too high or too low, has to be pretty even keel. And that comment personifies that. I think Dennis Allen has even been that way, too. He's taken a lot of the onus on himself and not having the team prepared, the game management, clock management at times, different situations throughout that game on Sunday. It's it's a learning experience for everybody. But in his first official game as the head coach, did you like what you saw from Dennis Allen? Obviously, we've seen him, you know, last year, but now that he has the title for the, the full season. Right. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, you know, him being defensive coordinator, now head coach, that the defense had problems stopping the run. We never saw that from a Dennis Allen defense, but they made the adjustments and they stepped up when they had to. And I I think if you have a shot at Dennis Allen during the first three quarters and a shot at him in the fourth quarter, it's the same person. And a lot of head coaches in the NFL go up and down and up Mm -hmm. and down. And he was pretty steady throughout. And I think the team feeds off of that when you're, you know, when your leader, is a yeller all the time you tend to tune it out but when a leader picks his spots when to get upset and when to tell his team to step up I think they listen and that's what we've seen from Dennis Allen so far I love his comment though right after the game I'm paraphrasing I hope we don't have any more of those Mm -hmm. he wants to have a smoother performance throughout not just to come back in the fourth quarter but yeah I mean so far so good and I just go back to continuity. I think that's big for this football team. They're familiar with Dennis Allen, not only leading the defense, but just that personality 
in the building too. Even Pete Carmichael, uh, the players have been very positive, spoke very highly of him and his abilities to take over as the offensive play caller. I don't think that they're going to mix things up much more than we've ever seen before in the past, but they feel good about him taking on just that additional role. You want to see how he he does in terms of crucial play calls in the game. That's where Sean Payton was was legendary in New Orleans for knowing when to do the trick play or going forward on fourth down or the big third down calls. And Pete Carmichael, to me, is unsung in terms of Jameis's development because if you look at the trajectory of Jameis in his career, he had so many coaches in Tampa. Then he had to learn under Sean Payton, and then Payton retires. But people around the country, I don't think, really know the importance of Pete Carmichael with Jameis because – it's the same pretty much as Sean Payton. He learned under Sean Payton, has been in New Orleans, you know, since the beginning of the Payton Breeze era. But I think that's big for Jameis to not have a new offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. to have, going back to that word again, continuity, that will help him and that will help this offense too. Well, I definitely appreciate the time, the insight on the upcoming matchup. It's going to be a fun one here. What do you have as far as your coverage? What can we look out for? Yeah, we're on your view, and we have uh, Saints game day, our pregame show from 1030 to 11. And then we wrap up after Sunday Night Football. Check your view out. We have Saints tonight. So uh, glad to be back for year number 17. It's been a heck of a run. And uh, boy, after that first game, this should be uh, maybe legendary coming up in the Superdome. Did you make predictions this year on what you thought was going to happen this season? Nobody's asked me. Okay, well, (laughs) I mean, we were one game in, but... Where yeah. do you say where do you think this team is going to end up? I think the New Orleans Saints, Aaron, are going to not only win the NFC South, I think they're going to win the NFC and play the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. I was ready for it. I was ready for that. You question. you have been waiting for somebody to ask you that. Yes, finally. <laughs> I'm over here. All right, put it write it on the board. We'll pretend Ooh. that it happened last week. Yes. Um I'm I'm happy with that. I would love to see that. I would love to see everybody in Arizona in February for sure. Yeah, I think the NFC is there for the taking. I mean, the Rams didn't look good in week number one. Mm-hmm. We could say the Packers didn't, but we saw what happened last season. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys didn't look either. Didn't look good either. So I think the NFC is there. If the Saints can stay healthy and continue to get better, I really like their chances to win the NFC. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's definitely doable for them. So we'll look for win number two here on this upcoming Sunday. I appreciate it, and I'll see you here in a few days. Look forward to it anytime, Mary. Thanks to Mike for joining me. Lots to look forward to Sunday. If you are heading to the game, make sure you get there early. Download the Saints app for instructions on getting in and out of the dome as there are some changes due to construction on the east side of the stadium. There will be some relocated bathrooms and concession stands, as well as some more narrow places in the concourse. So make sure you enter at the gate closest to your seat location. Move around the outside of the dome where there is plenty of room before you head in. And don't forget to get your picks in for the 2022 New Orleans Saints Pick'em Pool this week. Head to NewOrleansSaints.com. You can play that every single week for a shot to win $10,000, tickets to every Saints home game in 2023, and weekly prizes. Friday on the Saints Podcast, we welcome Kenny Maine. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so you don't ever miss an episode of the New Orleans Saints podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com. 
the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.